This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Let's go. Educated. Wanna learn how to close deals? Wanna learn how to sell more? That's what we're here for at Sales Genius. Let's go. Guys, um, first I want to say thank you to Aaron because we had talked about him coming on the show um, weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'd have to say probably close to a month when we got introduced by uh, Lisa Copeland, which you guys all loved and adored when she was on here. So Aaron's going to have to live up to that. And, uh, so and we and that's going to be difficult because Lisa killed it. But when you when she introduced us, said you guys need to meet. So we got on the phone, started talking. I said I'd love to have you on the show. And then, as you know, I put out a uh, a memo from earlier in the week saying, "Hey, it's going to be this person." So last night I got the the message that says I can't make it. So then this morning I leaned on Aaron a little bit and said, "I know it's short notice, brother, but." Whatever we talked about you doing before, could you do it today? And he was like, I'll move things around and I will do that for you. So he's here to uh, change the way you think. Okay. And he's here to share with you guys. He's built a very successful company in the automotive space. Okay. And so um, for me, that's, that's really near and dear to my heart, as you all know. And that's why Lisa said, you two need to talk. And so um, that's why we got together. But you guys are all in different fields, right? We have we have phone systems, we have real estate, we have insurance, we have um, digital marketing guru Stacy Short on the phone. What's with us now? So we got Edward McKay who's joining. Edward does a lot of um, uh, promotional items. So when you need the next set of masks, you can gra- talk to Ed- Edward McKay, uh, and then Brian Galkey, who's our resident facial. Um, recognition master and he can teach people how to sell based off of facial characteristics so he's definitely a, a good guy to have in the corner but uh, Kimberly Hosman, hello on Facebook Marnie how are you good to see everybody out there in Facebook world but uh, I want to kick it off today because um, you guys need to hear from Aaron Sheik so Aaron Thank you so much for taking the time. I do appreciate you greatly. And I know everyone's going to learn a lot from you. So that's, um, well, that's awfully nice of you to say. And, and of course, thanks for the invite. I'm glad that we could slide stuff around and make it happen today. Um, I will not promise to fill the shoes of Lisa Copeland. Not only can I not walk in heels, um, but I'm, I'm just not capable. She is a very dear friend of mine and, 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 and candidly just more than I would be willing to replicate on a good day. So um, I think my approach today is going to be a little bit, a little bit more tailored to, to maybe process and, and how I take on that process and, and really how I personally interact in my business and with my business and, and, and at different stages and different roles. So, um, you know, I guess I'll just go ahead and kick it off. I'll give you a little bit of a background of me. Uh, I'm a former naval uh, naval officer. I was I was in the Navy. I was active duty for 10 years. Uh, I started as an enlisted guy and worked my way through school and learned to fly planes and and just realized that um, 
I wanted to be a great leader, but I didn't want to be a great leader in the military anymore. It was just time, right? I got married, I had kids and life just evolved to a point where I needed to take off the uniform and put on really a, a corporate America and chase the next set of my goals. So uh, in comes automotive. Um, and I, and my first gig was, was really with a software company automotive called Goobagoo. Um, and that's where I learned to sell. And I learned to cut my teeth selling and studying sales pieces with some of the greatest salespeople in the business. Um, I, I say all the time that it's a luxury and maybe sometimes a curse uh, as I'm watching my hands go all over the place on your Facebook live feed above me. Um, it's a blessing. I usually and a just tilt the camera up. That way my hands can go. I know. Like I was that. like, man, I'm, I'm all over the place. And it just looks like I'm like having a bit of a it's not like you're drowning at all no 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 not, no i'm not swimming i'm not in, <laughs> in a pool or nothing but um the automotive industry is a really great place to learn to sell because you only sell to salespeople, and there's an advantage to selling to salespeople that you don't always get to have to the everyday common person um now i'm watching both of our hands go over the place on facebook so <laughs> you know i think there's a there's an advantage to not working with with the, the person next door where I don't have to try to sell them the next widget or the next thing or, and, and I don't think I could, I don't, I'm not saying I don't think I could do it, but it's just not my wheelhouse to sell, you know, insurance to the next family next door. I really know how to sell to business people. I know how to sell to salesmen. And it's, I think it's a different tact to be candid. Um, you can be more direct because they know what you're doing. They know what method most of them understand the angle you're coming from and then there's this point where you can literally just say, are we going to do this or not? So my take on, on working lead process and working sales and really learning to convert at a high level starts with understanding who I'm trying to sell um, and that I'm selling really good salespeople. So there's three things that I knew right out of the gate that I better have nailed down or they're going to eat me up and I better, I, I better be authentic uh, because I'm not going to fake it. These guys are, are the best of the best salespeople. You are not going to pull wool over their eyes. You are not going to put on some funny face and sell them some random stuff and them not see through it. So for me, and to be compelling and to really understand how to relate with that human being is I had to be authentic to myself. I had to be authentic to who I am and how I sell and how I talk to people because I couldn't be uh, the owner of, of this company and I couldn't. I wasn't in a position at, at 28 years old to get on a Facebook live event and say, I'm an expert. Come listen to me. Uh, I barely am in that state today, to be, to be honest. I mean, why, you know, so I had to make, make sure that every single individual interaction that I had, that they knew who I was, they knew what I stood for and they knew what to expect from me because I was truly authentic to my core values. Um, so when someone would call and say, you know, and this just happens earlier today, you know, Hey, Aaron, I'm really interested. I like your product. Maybe you're a little too expensive. Can you do a, a, a discount for me? No, I cannot do a discount. For you. Uh, this is where I'm at. This is where I can go. I'll work with you. But in order for my business to succeed and thrive, I have to be at this point. And I, you really have to hold firm, stick to your guns. You'll read every self-help sales book that'll say, stick to your guns, be confident. I think that that's true, but it doesn't mean to be rude or to not be helpful or to not answer questions. It just means let folks understand, understand truly where you're coming from 
why it's valuable to you and your core values as a person and as a business and why it's important for them as a partnership to, to align with those to do good business with you. Otherwise, you, you may not want to do business with them. And sometimes it's just better to pass. Um, so I think the very first thing for me was I, I better own who I am so that they never think that the Tuesday Aaron that sold me is different than the Friday Aaron that's going to support my product if I have an issue. It's the same guy you get on the phone every single time. So there, so there is no sales mask that you put on before you walk in. Cause I know, I know some trainers actually train that and say, you gotta, you know, if you watched over the top with Sylvester Stallone, you got to turn the hat around. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that I know just a switch and then I just go into it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think maybe there's, maybe there is, um, there's verticals or there's markets where maybe you need to do that. Right. If you're, if you're selling something maybe to a, to the every, you know, to a, a customer or in retail, you know, I think maybe you need to have the phone voice or you need to have something that is a little bit different, but that doesn't mean that you stray from your message or why it's important to you or how, you know, what the message is delivered. You can deliver it in a really nice way. That's still authentically you. Um, so I don't have, there's no magic mask. If you call me at nine o'clock on a Friday, I, you're going to get the same guy as nine o'clock, you know, in the morning. So it's, for me, that was super important because your reputation as a salesperson, it's, you only get one at bat to sell that person before you lose your, either your value, your reputation, or uh, your, your credibility, really. And, and I'll use, uh, I'll, I'll use your Facebook post yesterday with, with these doctors that were on the news, right? And it doesn't matter what they said, and I'm not standing up for one or, or not, if, it, it doesn't matter what they said. It could have been the most accurate thing of all time, but because they have credibility issues in pre previous interactions with folks and they put things out that have put their credibility into question, quote unquote question, now that anything else that comes out of them, anything else that they try to sell to the public or as a salesperson that I bring to your door now comes with a question mark. And when it comes with a, well, what, what did you mean here? Like, kind of stuff i would oh, like absolutely to you got 12 credible people one person louder than the other so they get front front and center and then now you hear all of the junk you've said before exactly. right? and you look at it and go you just discredited the whole pack exactly because of what's there yes and that happens in our business just as easy as it happened on this facebook live event yesterday is that if you have a sales rep especially in a company and, and my my thing has really been joining upstarts and, and launching upstarts and selling people who have never heard of us before is I only get one shot to make that impression, which means my credibility has to be rock solid from day one. And it has to be absolutely rock solid on day 100. Otherwise I don't get referral business. I don't get retention business. They're not telling their friends like, Hey, you should talk to this guy because I, I think he's a good guy and I trust him. And even if you don't like his product, He's worth 20 minutes. And if I, it, I, I'm a sales guy. If you give me 20 minutes, I'll turn it into 40 and I'm going to get my, my point across, right? But I can't do that if I don't have massive credibility and I'm not authentic to who I am and how I deliver my message. So um, I think from a high level, big, you know, big looking down on it, you can, you can dissect that into a bunch of different ways, whether that's focusing and targeting the right type of buyer type um, whether that's an economic buyer or an advocate buyer or someone who is really, 
you know, more technical. I think your conversation, how you deliver that message has to be tailored to the human being because the second piece for me was people buy from people. I don't care what you sell. Your product can be the greatest thing on planet earth. If you, if you don't have the buy-in of other people, you're really going to struggle. And in order to get that buy-in, you have to really be your best foot forward at all times and understand your product and your message and how you're going to help people. So for me, selling was less about what my product did because I knew my product could fix something or fill a void or answer a question. And I think that's still massively important in business. And we'll probably come back to that. But I had to make sure that I wasn't just giving the answer for the business goal. I was giving the answer for the business goal and the person that I have to contact and work with inside that business to make his or her life easier, to help their job get better. Because if I have that person on my side, then I never lose the business. So I think know your, know, know your audience, know the person, but know how to help that person with your product and also in their business. And they're not always the same thing. Um, you know, that, you know, this Joe from coming from a, from an automotive background, using a marketing director, using a, someone who manages digital marketing. And that's, you know, my wheelhouse where I come from is I don't necessarily, um, have to have the owner of the store bought into every small technical detail of how I want to execute my strategy. It has to fit the business goal. We have to set really firm expectations on how we're going to win, but how we win sometimes falls one or two rungs down the ladder and I have to make that person's job easier or better or less get times getting called into the big guy's office because we've got stuff really buttoned up. So sell your product, but understand how you're selling it to each individual human being that you're selling it to has always been like step one for me of how to deliver that product to folks. Do you start at the top and say here, because again, you are leveraging a relationship to begin with, because if you've delivered it to the point of saying, so-and-so is now referring you over, mm-hmm. right? That's already, that's already opened the door for you. That's given you the credibility sure. at that point in time. So when you look at it now, can you turn around and say, I'm going to go, do you have to talk to the owner or can you get in on the lower rungs to try to get yourself? Like, let's say again, in the automotive space, typically your, your owner isn't the one that's going to be checking on all the things that are there and not going to be doing it. They're just going to say, do I like Aaron? Right. And are we going to get it done? And then there's some digital guy that's going, now I got to do something else the owner wants me to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they get in there. But do you find it successful going both ways where you can go in? Yeah, I'm a big fan of angles. I, I think prospecting at different angles and selling at different angles, because at the end of the day, that isn't going to be a successful partnership, whether it's a dealership, if it's an insurance company, if it's a, a, you know, a brokerage firm for if I can't have a successful partnership unless I have buy in at different levels. So if he's signing the checks, well, then I have to make sure I show really good value financially. So he is happy to sign that check to me, but that user, that marketing director, that, that roll the sleeves up and get the work done person, they don't really care necessarily what it costs. They care about how easy it is to use and how much time it saves them and how much things, the little things that you can do and improve their everyday life to achieve the bigger goal. I request to sell both people. So if I'm brought in owner to owner, and this happens in auto world because we all know each other and they all, you know, if you're, if you're worth your salt, you'll get in at bat a lot of times. 
If I'm speaking to an owner, my conversation is, is here's the value. Here's what I have to offer. Here's what I could think it can, the impact it has in your business. And I'd really like to talk to your team. So that way, when they get into this, they don't have any questions. And I'll do that in the pre-sale. I'll own it right out of the gate. And I'll say, hey, before we do this, and of course, I'd love to take your money because I'm a salesperson. I say things like this out loud because I'm selling to salespeople. Like, of course, I want to sell you. Of course, I want to do business with you. But I really want to make sure that this business is rolled out and done the right way. So would you mind if I could be introduced to your sales manager or to your marketing director? so that I can give them the introduction to what this is going to do to their everyday life. And then we can tell the full story of how this partnership is going to play out in the store. And I know immediately, Joe, if I was going to be a good partner or not. And I've, I've walked out of several rooms and said, you know what, guys, I think you're great. I think you probably do a really good job here. You're not going to be the right partner for me. I'm going to drive you crazy. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to call you. I'm going to text you. I'm going to ask you why we haven't done these things yet. And if you're not willing to own that part of accountability on your end of the business deal, let's just not do one, you know, good luck. Have a good day. And so, so let me, let me ask you this. Cause I know we've got some people here that are brand new to business and coming on. Right. And we got other people that have had a business and are out there. My question to you is, did you start with that posture? Mm. Okay. Cause I, I know my coming from my own side of things, I know there's times where you're like, I just want to prove it to myself and get a deal. Yep. Even though I know that this doesn't feel like the right thing, or if I am going to sit across from somebody and I go, okay, well, I want to, I want to get you to say yes to me. Right. Because I need to prove ultimately to myself that <laughs> I'm here and I'm, I'm real kind yeah. of deal. And I'm seeking yeah. that validation. Uh, you want to feel good. Right. Selling right. things feels good. Getting that, that bolst, you know, that jolt of energy that I just closed the deal, that adrenaline rush feels good. So of course we want to get a yes. And as salespeople, a lot of us are willing to do what it needs to, you know, what it takes to get that. Yes. What I've learned that is that sometimes a yes is it should have been a no and it would have saved us 10 headaches. Had it been a no, without me jumping through that 10 extra hoops to get a yes, just to feel good. Right. So, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather get a no, go back to figure out why I, I spent the time prospecting that person's, you know, working the amount of time that I put in, in the research level to get to that phase and how I missed it, how I, how I missed that it was going to be that way before I got to that stage. So for me, it's more about dissecting the process to say, man, you spent two hours building this presentation for this person that, you, you should have known was going to be a bad meeting. Why didn't you just not take the meeting? Um, I think experience happens with that. Uh, you know, when you're a, when I was a young guy and I was like, I got to hit quota. I got to, I got to be number one sales guy. I got to blow everybody out of the water. I'll do whatever it takes to get a deal. You take those deals. You're happy. You see your name on the lights and the scoreboard and the paycheck comes in and great. These are all great things. And then six weeks later, the phone keeps ringing. Hey, What's up with this thing? What's up with that? You said you were going to do this. My person hasn't done whatever. I don't, I don't like this. I want to cancel. And now, I've, now I'm taking, you know, I've got a hit to my brand. I've got a hit to my pocketbook. I've already paid, you know, human beings to scale to, to support that business. So in the long run, it's really cost me more money than I made on it just to feel good about getting a yes. I would rather get the right yes than any yes. 
if that makes Fantastic. sense. Fantastic. Thank you. That's really important because in dealing with everybody that we have on the call and the people that'll come back and watch it later is that, you know, some people are still just salespeople, right? Working for somebody else. And the answer is chase it, right? Now, both of us sitting, coming with a background from automotive itself, we know that the answer is, well, throw it, throw the mud against the wall, see if it sticks, right? And you're like, well, how much did that cost everybody? Because we put everybody through the process, paperwork, delivery, all this stuff, and let something go out there just to bring it back. Or we rolled it on a rubber band, knowing it's going to bounce back. But again, the right yes is, is what I got which is make sure it's the right yes, not just the yes. Even the real estate people, you know what? You're going to end up with a pain in the butt client because you decided to sign someone when all the red flags had popped up earlier, right? And it's just, you're going to be, your, your phone's going to blow up like nobody's business and they haven't even bought from you yet, right? Exactly. And you still got to go out and do all this stuff, so. Hey, you know, I've got a quick question. Yes. Go ahead. I was going to say, Eric, how much time do you spend like researching a prospect um, before you go and you spend all that time kind of getting ready for it um, mm -hmm. or even picking up the phone call just to, to do the introduction um, to yourself? You know, how, how long do you how much time do you spend doing that research? Good question. I think it depends on what you're selling and, and how kind of deep that's going to facilitate into their business. So. I'll give you a couple examples. I, once upon a, I was just the sales guy for another company, just like anybody else, right? If I was selling a $600 software package that I knew they either had it or they didn't, I didn't need a whole lot of research other than, yep, that's on the website or no, that's not. And I know what I need to say to get my at bat, right? Um, now, if I'm tearing apart someone's entire digital marketing strategy and where that's going to be, you can't just pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm real good at marketing. Uh, give me 30 minutes and I'm going to show you why. There's not a lot of value at the end of that. But if you can pick up the phone after doing just a little bit of research and say, hey, I know you do X amount of sales and this many zip codes, and it looks like you've had maybe greater success doing X, Y, or Z, I think that in, in 10 or 15 minutes, I can show you how to bring value to your business by tweaking some of these things. If you use my tool, I can show you how to leverage that. Or if nothing else, let me show you some things that I think would be beneficial in your business use them or you can use them for me or you can not. And I've always found that a little bit of resource research on the front end with being offering a lot of a resource on the back end allows me to learn a whole lot more than me digging on the internet or making phone calls at six different levels inside of a business. Why don't I just say, Hey, I, I think this is what's happening. I think that I can help you do this. Uh, if there's anything that I can do, I'll give you all of my information. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, that's okay too. That's okay too. And I think what you'll find is when you come in with the right mindset of being helpful, when you extend that olive branch, someone's more willing to grab it and to feed you the information you're really looking for without you having to research for it. So I guess the short version is depends on what I'm selling. If I know they have it, if I know they don't have it, that's an easy, quick kind of, you know, flash roll on the phone, 20 second quick sales pitch to get me two minutes to get me a 30 minute meeting. Right. But if I, if I'm selling something that is going to be a, a big, big investment um, and some of these products are, there's going to have to be a level of a level of service there in the pre-sale that you're going to have to own before they're willing to listen to you in that pitch. You have to establish yourself as an expert one way or the other 
And then depending on your product, how much of an expert do you need to display in your first 30 second, 30 seconds on the phone? Awesome. That helps a lot. Yeah, no problem. And I guess I should say this is told like I listen to myself talk all day long. So if there's questions, concerns, feedback, please open conversation it would be much more uh, exciting than listening to me. Either. So thank you for the question. Welcome. Um, Joe, I, I can't think of where we, the question was amazing. Now I'm trying to think of where we were at there. Um, so, so we've gone through, you were right now, we were juggling different angles that you're going to go through. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think I look at angles at every stage. So if we look at a prospecting stage uh, and I use automotive because that's what I know, but I think you could probably apply this in similar, in similar places that there's almost always a, a boss, a leader, a check writer, that person wants to be contacted, talked to uh, in a certain manner, both from a, what we say, how we say, but also maybe it's through the right medium. Like maybe it's via text. Maybe it's via an email. Maybe it's none of those things. I, you have to be able to work different angles at every different level of your sales process pre, before the lead even comes in. Um, by having the buy-in at different levels is obviously important, but understanding how to prospect at different levels is the difference between working really good leads that you have a really good ability to close or fighting uphill from the very first time you get on the phone. If you already know that, Hey, like your boss has seen this and he loves it. Or, Hey, your marketing, uh, your marketing, um, director has seen this and she loves it. You have somewhere else where you can come in and build that off of to be really relatable and to be really impactful in the business. So angles, top, top and bottom. And then you could filter that in an automotive lane in a bunch of different ways, whether that's direct to the client, whether that's through a, a group or a consultant or through a manufacturer in order to get the most eyeballs on your product, you have to go to where the eyeballs are. And those are always in different stages. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I guess any questions, questions, concerns, anything that maybe that that's helpful. I know we talked quickly about the research piece, but is there, is there a problem? I think maybe that you're finding is that you're not doing, you're doing too much research and not making enough phone calls. Cause I think I've had teams and found where um, we'll call it, we'll call it uh, kind of handicapped by the, by, by data, if you will, data overload, where I've got this great data stack and I know everything about your business. And I'm going to, before I know it, before I call you, I'm going to make sure that I can recite every fact about your business there is. Aaron, how do you stand out in a sea of mm. automotive space people? How do you make yourself the big fish or the flashy fish to you get go on Ken attention. Walls's show, go. <laughs> right? That's what you do. Because Ken, Ken's over here saying you are the man uh, on Facebook. He's popping up. So that's a great testimony because he used to be a best friend of mine, but he's not anymore. And yeah, so, it's recent too. It's still a little fresh. Yeah, it still hurts a little. Yeah, but um, so. I think to answer your question, the very, the very first thing that I do to stand out was I had to network at a level that was bigger than myself. Um, and you'll hear folks talk about this and there's probably a thousand cheesy self-help books that talk about networking. Uh, for, for me, standing out networking comes right back to, I'm going to be me and only me 1000% of the time, no matter what. And then I'm going to surround myself with people and experts that know what they're going to get from me and are willing to tell their friends because I deliver every single time. Right. And if I don't deliver, 
then get, then line up and come punch me in the face because I'm going to take that too. And if you're in the marketing side of the world, that happens a lot. So you have to, you have to stand out by standing up a lot of times. And that's, you can't always get shoved in a corner on price or on product or on strategy. You're the expert, be the expert and stand up for yourself when someone who is not the expert thinks that they are because they're probably not talking out of knowledge, but out of emotion because they looked at a financial statement or they looked at a conversion of some random, you know, KPI metric. Right. And now I'm all of a sudden, you know, I'm in automotive land and I'm just really pissed. Right. Well, that's okay. Like you can be upset and you can be upset at me, but you're not going to tell me how to do my job better than I know how to do it because I'm, I'm the expert. So I think to stand out, you sometimes stand up and then you surround yourself with the people that are like, Hey, like this girl doesn't take any crap from anybody. She knows her stuff and she's going to help you win. So whether you like her or not, you should listen to her. And when you have, when you start to get that type of reputation, it spreads like wildfire and folks like Ken wall, Ken walls will start inviting you on your shows. And you know, next thing, next thing you know, you're, you're on pot. I'm loyal to Joe. Ken can kick rocks. He doesn't oh, want to be right. around Joe. That's right. That's right. And just so you know, Stacy, good timing because Ken's on Facebook right now saying Karen Toddy's his new, newest oh. best friend because she's over there. But I just wanted to because Ken is there. Look, Ken, I'm showing the comments on the screen. Okay, <laughs> it might not be the way you like it on Streamyard. But you just know, got receipts today. Dang. <laughs> oh, come on. We have to have fun. That's what we do. So. Got it. Got it. And, and look, if, if, if you can't have fun with Ken, you can't have fun with any, with anyone. So, right. You have to talk slower, but you know, it's still good when you talk with them. So. So, oh, so. this is such a good time. I'm so glad I moved my schedule around to be here. <laughs> Okay. So give me the recap right now, Aaron. So I started with, you know, you have to own who you are. So you got to remain yourself when you go into it. I know we started talking that the next part was to know who you're going to present to and who is actually your, your client. So what would be the third one? Ken's laughing his rear end off on Facebook for those that aren't on it, but That's so. fine. Uh, the last, the last part is um, it's not a secret you'll read it everywhere is that you have to outwork everyone else. And, and, and that means, that means being disciplined more than just in your professional life, that discipline has to carry over into every other aspect of your life, or you will find that they start to blend together. Um, and this was something I learned like, like Navy guy 101 was there's a reason that they make us think the same and talk the same and walk the same and it's because when stuff hits the fan, they, we know what's going to happen and they know what they're going to get out of us. And that has to apply throughout your entire life. So whether that's, you know, whether that's making sure you get enough sleep at night. So when you have that 7am meeting the next day, you're ready for it. You're not coming off of some 3am all night crazy thing. Uh, you gotta, you gotta be disciplined in your actions. You gotta be disciplined in your words and you have to put them in practice in every phase of your life or as human beings we're lazy and we will find a reason to be lazy and eventually you'll be looking at the clock and it'll be 432 and you'll, be, you'll say I could probably make four more sales calls today but 
it's 4.30, it's end of the month, they don't want to talk to me anyways, I'm going to pack it up. Like, you can never pack it up. You can never pack it in. You can never turn it off. Because what I've found is when people really need you is when they need you, not when you want them to need you. So you have to be there. Dude, you got all should be writing that down. That was gold right there. That was a mic drop moment. Sometimes they happen. It's just accident. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, okay. They need you yeah. and they need you. No one gives a shit about you. Let it go. Yes. Like, no one cares about you. They don't care about your product. They don't care about your feelings. They don't care about what you're selling. They care about what you can do for them. And if you aren't available when they need you, they're not going to be available when you want them to need you. Right? Nice. So you, you got to bring that principle across everything, whether that's your, your significant other or your kids or your business. It applies across the board. So, and, and to go back to what you had said, because it, it rattled my head about what I've heard from before, right? As far as the discipline has to carry over, mm-hmm. right? And again, um, when I was talking with Scott Duffy, right? I don't want to steal anything when he comes later to be a trainer, but Scott Duffy said when he sold a company to Richard Branson and Virgin. Wow. So he sold one of his companies to him and then he got to be included in a lot of the stuff as it was transitioning. But he said he jumped on a plane with a bunch of Virgin executives, right? And he sat down, the company people, right? So he jumps on the plane, he sits down talking with them. And so he he went back and started to say, I'm going to pick their brain. I'm going to do stuff. And he said, he started asking him, okay, so everything melts down while we're on the plane, right? Everything that's down there in the companies melts down in your department and what have you. And they're like, okay, he's like, what's the one thing? right? What's the one thing you need to do next to make sure you can handle this? And every one of them, and he bounced from seat to seat around the the little private jet thingy, but he bounced around. Every one of them said, um, go work out. Hmm. They said, I have to go work out. Right. Now me, I wanted to resist that a lot. You know, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. But they said, yeah, you've got to do that. And so I said, you need to, you need to turn around and say, once you get out there and get physically moving, the creativity happens, things start going through and nothing's as bad as it was before when you heard it. Mm-hmm. And they said, and they'll, that once they do that, so to them, they're all about how fit can you be? Because that means your brain is better and operating at a higher capacity as well. And that, when you said that, I'm like, okay, there, there it is again. Yep. Right. I'm still not going to go join the gym because, you know, in California, we can't go to the gym. Really sad. It makes like eight years in a row now. So, but I'm like, I can't it just look at it and I go, damn, you got to get out. You got to move your body and that's going to help you to yeah, solve well, that problem. I, I think you, you scale that across different levels, right? I mean, that doesn't mean that everybody needs to go join the local CrossFit gym and like beat themselves up doing Jim, no, because then you have to post about it all the time that you're in CrossFit. Exactly. You got to talk. And right. then once the first rule of CrossFit is you can't talk about CrossFit. Right. You, know, yes. you fall into all these things. Maybe that, maybe that just means that instead of waking up 30 minutes before you have to be to work, you wake up 50 minutes before you have to be to work and you spend 10, 10 minutes reading something that's going to get your mind right. Or maybe that means instead of eating like the same crappy breakfast from the local grease and spoon down the street, like maybe... Like maybe you hard boil, like maybe you hard boiled a couple of eggs and you like, you listen to a, a podcast while you snack on something halfway decent, like taking care of yourself doesn't mean 
to the extreme of taking care of yourself. Like you don't have to be in crazy good shape. I'm certainly not. And as my kids get older, they remind me how old and slow I'm getting. But dad bods are hot right now, bro. Ooh, sign me up. I'm in. Dad bods are hot. I mean, I am in shape, baby. Ron is a shape. I love it. I love. But that, like so I said, the discipline doesn't just mean physically, physically fit. It might mean I'm going to go walk to the mailbox and back because I like, you know, I take a cup of coffee and I walk down my driveway and I've got this like American flag that I'm probably a little too sentiment about. And I walk down my driveway with the dog and I have a cup of coffee and I just have some clear thoughts in the morning. And I say, okay, I got to get this and this done, but I really need to make sure that for me, that Aaron Sheeks gets accomplished this part and this part to make sure I'm good. And, and I don't have to run 10 miles to do that. I probably should sometimes, but sometimes it's just 10 minutes of, Hey, I need a little bit of reflection, reflection. I need a little bit of stimulation in my mind of learning something and I need to put it in action. And maybe that's just one little piece. Fantastic. Uh, open it up questions. Anything? No, Karen, you weren't the only one who laughed, right? So Karen's on Facebook too. Said, was I the only one that laughed at Virgin executives? Uh, no, I, I caught, I caught that you said that the, the company, the company. The yeah. fact you had to clarify, I, I chuckled on this. Yes. Cause I was like, I'm like, I know, I know my peeps. Well, actually my peeps know me. So they, they had to stop and go, what was he just saying? But I, I was wondering if there are 69 people on board. Boom! Oh, yes. See, they do know you. That was love right there. Thank you, Michelle, <laughs> throwing that in. From the outside, three-pointer. Yes. So, anybody have questions? Bill won't have a question because you know, his camera's turned off for one, and he's a CrossFitter. So, he's already, you know, posting on Facebook somewhere else that Oh, that's, that's a, I am. I am also. I'm. I've been a CrossFitter. I've been not. I've done lots of stuff. So zero judgment here. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Anybody have any other questions? We're right up at two forty. Aaron did spot on on getting us to the the forty minute mark, like uh, we had talked about before. But any other questions before we let Aaron go back to running his uh, very successful business in automotive? Three. Two looks like it looks like you nailed everything, Aaron. All Nobody's right. confused. What are the odds of that? No, right? Smiling, beautiful faces. I appreciate the time. If you're in the automotive world, theautominer.com. That's the that's the company we're we're off and running and um, and doing big things here. So we'd be excited to to share with you if it's appropriate. If it's not, uh, I like I said before, I'm I'm truly, honestly willing to be a resource. So Facebook friend me, send me a message. Uh, reach out to me if there's questions, concerns. Um, I'm happy to be here, you know, if there's anything that can be helpful. And Edna, before we go, Ken would like to know if you're wearing a winter coat. Well, it's, it's not winter, but it was chilly today. <laughs> and she's our fashionista, so she had to make sure it all, the whole outfit worked together, regardless of temperature. <laughs> So. regardless it's cold inside <laughs> thank you Fantastic. thank you very much it was really good oh thank aaron you. on the facebook comment ken walls would like me to tell you you still need to be on the show ken walls i would give me an invite i would love to do it if you can squeeze me in with all your like high profile celebrity visitors if you can well, i've already done the show so that slots open oh well so, so okay. you can take it from there <laughs> So I guess the, if the next time there's like a low level, like space filler you need, just slide me right <laughs> in. Fantastic. 
All right, everybody, thank you so much for spending your Wednesday afternoon with us. Thank you, Aaron, for sharing with everybody how to get themselves in the right mood to sell and the right steps to make sure they can sell it. And if if you take away anything, I'm going to tell you from that is remain you. That's what I got from Aaron was remain you in the sales process, right? Don't put on the fake you that needs to be the person that's selling. I, Edna and I were talking earlier today. The same thing was, what was it? If you come in love, right? So if you come in in the spirit of love, then it makes the sales process so much easier, right? Which is what Aaron's saying too, is that, you know what? There's times you don't want them as a client. I don't want them as a client because of who they are as a person. And so, and remember, they'll do the same thing to you, right? We, yes, I may not want a phone system because you have a shield over your face. Yeah, so what a, you're saying a, is don't wear the mask. Uh, on, a, on an actual <laughs> Zoom call where we can't get infected like that. But that's what, that's what I look at. But I appreciate you all. Thank you so much. And go sell something. Happy selling. Thank, Thank you. you. See you, everybody. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Educated. Wanna learn how to close deals? Wanna learn how to sell more? That's what we're here for at Sales Genius. Let's go.